member of a team, and I rely on the team. I defer to it and sacrifice for it. Because the team, not the individual, is the ultimate champion. Mia Ham. The Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 5, Chupacabra. What is up, everyone? I'm back, and I'm Zach. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever come up with. Like um, uh, this is Michelle. Hi. Michelle is in uh, the, the BFA program with me at UVU. Mm-hmm. And uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Michelle. Uh, well, he pretty much summed it up. Uh, I'm Michelle, and um, I've been studying acting for the last five years. I love it with all my heart. Um, and my qualifications for this are that Supernatural is my favorite TV show. I okay. love it. I think it's great. So. so what's your what's your experience with The Walking Dead before this? I have only ever seen, like, the um, commercials, like, that you'll have mm-hmm. pop up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, like... I know this. I said that Supernatural is my favorite TV show, but I'm not actually a huge, like, horror fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not super into, like really 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 violent stuff or like super scary i don't like jump scares and stuff mm-hmm. so i kind of stayed away from it because i thought that's like all it was gonna be just like you know 30 minutes of people jumping out and terrifying me yeah um so i haven't seen like any of it until this so okay it was really fun. okay well you did mention before that you you got hooked into the next yes. episode because <laughs> of the cliffhanger i did i um, got to the end and i was like wait i need to know what happens so and I got 15 minutes into the next episode and realized my answer had already been, my question had already been answered what was your question um just i thought that um uh, what's his face? The, oh no, the guy. Farmer? The guy who was going into the barn. Glenn. Glenn. I thought he was going to get, she was going to feed him to the zombies. Oh. And so I was like, no, what's going to happen? Glenn, you can't kill him. And then I got to the next episode. I think he shows up like two minutes in. Yeah, And yeah. I didn't even realize that, I was like, oh yeah, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'll continue watching it or do you think that's a one and done? I don't know. I really liked the drama. I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I might go back and start it, but it's like I have to be in like the right mood yeah. for scary stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have to be like a little touch and go. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like well, um, what what were your main takeaways from the episode? What what did you see as sort of like a theme, as sort of the underlying aspect of the episode? Um, I feel like it's. I think it was a matter of having to make decisions mm-hmm. where other people's lives are in your hands. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm sure that's probably a theme throughout the entire show. Yeah. I, did, I did watch a recap of uh-huh. the first two seasons, so I wasn't completely clueless as to what was okay. happening. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that I, I noticed a lot, was like these people in power, whether it's like Rick and Shane, or at the very beginning when they're bombing the city, like the government, or, you know, um, telling them to take everyone out, or, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just, I think it was just... <laughs> people in power having to decide who who dies and who lives and mm-hmm. what the risks are yeah for that yeah i i definitely saw like sacrifice as a main theme mm-hmm. of like what do you sacrifice to survive yeah what do you sacrifice to help other people yeah. what do you sacrifice within yourself in like survival situations yeah um so yeah it was a it was definitely a lot of like decisions that affect other people's lives yeah. um <clears throat> so uh the one thing that stuck out to me was at the beginning when carol was going to give uh, Carl, Carl, Carl food, <laughs> and, uh, Carol's gonna give Carl food, and then Ed, being the asshole that he is, yes. was like, uh, it's called operational security, and I didn't know what that was, but operational security is a systematic process that is meant to assess the importance of information assets and determine the best way to protect information assets. So basically protecting the fact that he has food so that other people don't know that he has food. 
That's such a pretentious way to put it to, like, yeah. operational security. Yeah. Why don't you just say that you're, like, I mean, you don't necessarily have to say, like, you're being a dick or something, but even, because I can see where he's coming from. I can see the the necessity of taking care of your family, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're in an airplane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah. And then help other people. So I can totally see where he's coming from, even though he is mm -hmm. a total asshole about it. Yeah. But I feel like just the way he goes about it is such a pretentious and uppity sort of way, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like, he... I I understand, like, the wanting to keep your resources to yourself. But, yeah, it, it, it was the way he went about it where, like, why couldn't he have spared, you know, one MRE yeah. for this starving child, you yeah. know? And, and it's like, the that family isn't going to steal your food per se I, I i mean i guess if they know you have food then they're gonna be like oh well he can give us more food it, it's sort of a messy thing but and and that could eventually affect his survival and his family's survival mm -hmm. um but i just i just thought like the way he used that was sort of just like no compassion at all yeah like it was all it was like it was all about survival and none about like having compassion for other people yeah. you know well and also it he, it's not like an, you know an adult came up to him and said, "Hey, can I can I have some food or something?" I mean, even then, that, in that case, I feel like you you could still have like mercy and kindness. Mm -hmm. But it's a little kid who's not sitting there trying to like manipulate you into getting something you know from you. It's mm -hmm. they're a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like you know. I feel like a lot of people they they tend to think. Well, some people tend to think that like someone is already ch always trying to get something out of you, mm -hmm. which. I mean, like, as actors, like, we all know that we have objectives, and we have to have objectives and scenes yeah. in order for them to be, be good scenes, but it's like, it's, it's like, even though someone wants something from you, it doesn't mean that, like, they, they want to manipulate you, or they want to, like, yeah. um, take things from you, you mm -hmm. know? It's, well, it's super complicated. Yeah, and I, I feel like in these kinds of survival situations, you end up seeing the best and worst in people. Mm -hmm. What I thought, as we've been talking about this, is... I feel like especially us looking at it not in the situation, not being in survival mode, I think it's really interesting to look at different perspectives for people like us watching it. Mm -hmm. Because I was raised in a very kind of fear-based uh, way. Not intentionally, but like we had a lot of struggles growing up. And mm -hmm. so my mind has kind of sort of defaulted to survival mode. So I watch mm -hmm. that and I'm like, oh, I can totally see why he would do that. Like I can totally see what's going through yeah. his mind is like someone's going to find out um, well, I don't know if this is what he's thinking, but what went through my head of justifying doing that myself would be if I help this person, who else is going to try? You know, who else mm -hmm. is going to come in? At some point, I have to say, no, I can't help anymore. And then you, when you're in these survival situations, again, you get this the best and worst of people. Yeah. And then you might end up in a situation where you have people threatening you. And that's not what this situation is, but, yeah. but that's kind of went through my head of like yeah, that survival yeah. instinct of like protect the resources and mm -hmm. don't let people know. But I think that's just kind of the way that I was raised in... in sort of that fear, like, survival, make sure you take care of yourself, because we went through a lot of, you know, crap growing up, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he was, like, in his, like, he had the option to either sacrifice food and sacrifice his operational security, mm -hmm. but, or, but in exchange for that, he also had a choice to sacrifice his humanity mm -hmm. and his compassion. Yeah. So he had to sacrifice something, and it just depends on, like, what you're willing to sacrifice yeah. for whatever's going on. And I, I thought that was that was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then going back to dropping napalm in the city. Yeah. Um, and before I didn't I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, the city's overrun by zombies. Mm -hmm. Like there's 
they're they're just trying to kill the zombies. But Alina was like, but there's like still people in the city. Yeah. And I never, I never, that never crossed my mind that there would still be people in the city. And I, I it just, it just sort of like put it into perspective of like the government choosing to sacrifice people. And, and in, in the first episode, I mean, it didn't kill every zombie because there was hordes of zombies in Atlanta mm-hmm. still. So it, they, they sacrificed people in order to hopefully kill the zombies, um, but then the zombies didn't die anyway, you know, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. I heard like the, when I was watching it, I heard like the screaming, which I was like, that's definitely not zombies. Those are actual yeah. like people. And what kind of went through my mind while I was watching that was I would really hate to be in that position mm-hmm. of power. The mm-hmm. people who are, who are giving the order, Hey, go like napalm the city, get rid of everybody knowing mm-hmm. there's people down there. Like, cause again, how do you decide whose lives are worth saving and whose lives are worth giving up? Yeah. And how do you do that risk benefit, that cost benefit analysis in a way that doesn't turn you into sort of like a, a cold hearted, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, I would never, I, I can't be, a, I couldn't be like a politician or a government official. Cause I, I yeah, wouldn't, same here. I just, I, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to make that choice. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, cause I think that every person's life is valuable, but then again, you know, how do you know? And you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't know if it's going to save people too. Yeah. And, and you see sort of like how Rick shifts his viewpoint. Cause at the beginning he's like, he's like freaking out. He's like, they're dropping napalm in the streets. Like they're killing people. Mm-hmm. But then later on, he's like. Sophia's dragging us down by us looking for her, you know? Mm, yeah. And so he sort of got into the mindset of survival and of the government that decided to throw napalm in the streets yeah. is is now he's thinking, I got to sacrifice this girl so that the rest of us can live. Yeah. And so that, that shifted his moral compass by seeing all the bad things that were happening um, because they were looking for Sophia. Yeah. 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 That was really fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a question about the emergency broadcast. Do you think they stopped the emergency broadcast um, so that so that people would uh, go to the city or stay in the city? Like, why do you think they stopped uh, putting out the emergency broadcast? Do you think everything just fell through and that was like their last thing to try to save humanity? Well, in my head while I was watching it, I thought it was, had become, my immediate assumption was that it had been overrun by mm. the walkers, that, it, okay. that that's what happened. Um, but if that's not the case, I don't know. Yeah. I can see a case for, for, for either <clears throat> or the potential that they just didn't have any more room too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we can't take anybody else. So like, why keep, you know, sending out this message when you don't have the resources to, to take care yeah, of Yeah, like, people, w- like s- again, sacrificing resources or sacrificing people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you don't have resources, you know, what's the point of going anyway if, if they've run out of the ability to, to help you? I mean, there's there's no point in sending out that message to say, here, come here for safety. Yeah, if we, when, we can't help When you, you can't keep you safe, all. you know, mm-hmm. then, then you've spent all this time and energy, you know, going to this place thinking you're going to have mm-hmm. safety and then you get there and you get turned away. You might as well just, you know, start fending for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I wanted to talk about how um, Shane says that we shouldn't be talking about our past, that it's over, like nostalgia is, is like a drug. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't know, I, I'm a very nostalgic person, and I like going back and thinking of like, you know, stories and different things um, that I've experienced in my life that, that just like bring me back to that moment. And so 
what do you think about, you know, sacrificing who you were in the past and like the stories that you have in the past for, I guess, um, just living in the now, I suppose, or just, because it didn't make sense to me why he would want to sacrifice his nostalgia and his memories, even though that's what was, what got them to like finally laugh and smile Mm -hmm. and, and actually talk to each other instead of just focusing on survival. You know, it like sort of brought back their humanity a little bit. Yeah. I feel like for me, I mean, I'm going to say if I were in this situation, which I'm not, and like, (laughs) I have no idea what I'd do in this Uh situation. And also, you know, I hope it never happens and I never find out, but I feel like there's something to be said for when you're on the battlefield, you're on the battlefield Mm -hmm. and when you're off, you're off. And, but I feel like in this show, we're seeing people who are constantly on the battlefield or people who think they're on the battlefield when they're not and mm-hmm. they're having a hard time like separating between the two because when you're in like a situation where it's life and death you probably don't want to step back and say oh remember the time when we were eight and we did this and that or whatever like but i think that there is something to be said about when you are trying to survive thinking about what's the point of surviving yeah you know you know because if you're if you're just surviving to breathe eat sleep and die that's you know, you might as well just let them take over you at this point anyway. Because mm-hmm. you just, you've become so empty as a person, you're basically like a walker mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um. So I think that, I think that Shane, his perspective, I think it maybe is helping him. But I feel like if everyone does that, then like, what's the point of staying human? You know? Yeah. Like, because you're, ba- you, you're basically just going to be the same thing. Like, it, what's the point of keeping free will and your ability, like your, your personality and all that stuff, if you have nothing to work towards or or restore you know yeah yeah and i think i think the difference between rick and uh shane is that um i think rick wants to find the hope Mm -hmm. while shane is just focused on surviving yeah and keeping everyone alive while while rick has hope and unfortunately with hope that that has sacrifices that like need to be made. Like when revolutions happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, people are hoping for a better future and like a freer future. But when you have to take down a tyrannical government, it like people are going to die and people are going to suffer. Yeah. Um, and so you have to, you have to like sacrifice so much for hope for yeah. a better future. Well, and I feel like too, when you're looking at Rick versus Shane, I think Shane is kind of in, he's in survival mode, but in how far deep he is in survival mode, it's become, sort of this, I need to survive and I'll help anyone I can, but ultimately, like, mm-hmm. like it's, it, it's... I'm number one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, even if that's not what he's thinking, eventually it's going to get down to that point where, mm-hmm. you know, if, if somebody gets injured, if someone can't keep up or whatever, it's like, all right, well, we got to keep moving. Whereas Rick, it's like that sort of unifying, he wants everyone to, to make mm-hmm. it. And if people if people get lost or, or left behind or, you know, injured or whatever, and we have to leave them, then we will, but... Like, Rick is so privileged to have his family still alive. Yeah, yeah, that's And Shane, and Shane had Rick's family until Rick <laughs> yes. came back. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Shane, uh, doesn't have hope because he doesn't have, like, love yeah. or people in his life that, that he can help hope with and for. He doesn't have that Like, community. he, he... He has Lori and Carl, kind of. He's like, mm-hmm. I'll do anything to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really, like, have them, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not like Lori said, you don't need to take care of us. And then she walked away. And, yeah, so... Because even if, if they all survive, he can't have what he wants anyway. Mm-hmm. It, so. it, it's a privilege to have hope because when you have hope, you 
you tend to have something else that helps you hold on to. Yeah. I don't think Rick has any of that, anything yeah. to hold on to. Yeah. Um, besides the hope of having Shane, Shane. Besides the hope of having Laurie and Carl, which is a dead. Yeah, team, he's basically like a dead man walking. Yeah. Essentially, is his. He's got a like a walker. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! Um, because he, because his his whole point is their survival, and his his job is to stay alive long enough to make sure that they're safe, and then after that, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for him, he's like, "What's the point of nostalgia when when this is all over? There's probably not going to be anybody left anyway, and mm-hmm. I can't be with the people who I want to be with. There's no one else to rebuild with, so it's like, all right, let's just make it until the end, and then it doesn't really matter after that for him." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you do you think that um, sort of shifting gears here a little bit, do you think that you have to be helpful in society to be worthy to exist in that society? That's a good question. Um, because Rick says about Sophia, she's only, she only matters to the degree that she doesn't drag us down. Mm, yeah. And that line, that line was like, oof, Ooh, that's, that's a, that's a dangerous thing to that's say. That's a dangerous mindset and, yeah, to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because if you... I feel like that mindset only works until it affects you. Mm-hmm. And then I feel mm-hmm. like everyone changes their tune at that point. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's like, well, Rick was just recently injured. He sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, that, very that, useful could be, at that, point. that could be seen <laughs> as a hint. Like he tries, like he comes like shirtless out of the forest. You best let us handle this. I thought that was so funny. And holding a rifle. Yeah. Um, no, holding a pickaxe. But uh, I, like, there, there's going to be moments when we're less helpful than yeah. when we're, like, at our worst than when we're at our best. And, and you know, if, if Sophia is still alive, how do you know that she's not going to end up being helpful? Yeah. Like, like Carl ends up being helpful. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, like Rue in the Hunger Games. You mm-hmm. don't expect anything from her, and then, like, she ends up doing, like, so many things. Well, she and, starts, she basically... Um, catalyst the revolution yeah. in, in the Hunger Games. Yeah. And so it, just because like people don't have like an immediate purpose, you know, doesn't mean that they're, they're dragging us down yeah. or they're not helpful. I feel like it's, it's a matter of what are they capable of doing and mm-hmm. are they doing that? Mm-hmm. And if, if, because everyone has different capability levels and if you have more capability, but you're not helping at all, or you're mm-hmm. only helping like a tiny bit, I think that's definitely cause for saying, Hey, you know, we all need to be doing our part here mm-hmm. and you're you're healthy or at least as healthy as you can be in this situation and you're hail and you can you can do things and you're mm-hmm. not doing things i think that's that's something worth saying hey if you're not helping then yeah. we're not gonna it, uh, give any resources towards you but with something like a kid who's not capable of doing more yeah as long as they're helping in ways that they can i think that that's fine mm-hmm. you know and and it's like it's like what uh laurie said she said um easiest thing in the world is to not to is not to help yeah that's the easiest thing is to just not help people mm-hmm. and and she she says that to like comfort rick in and like saying that like you're you're a good man because you're helping people mm-hmm. and you don't know like like you're making decisions that are really hard decisions mm-hmm. and you don't know that anyone else would make them any differently yeah you know I, I really love how Lori supports rick mm-hmm. i wish she would be more tactful with shane because yeah. I, because Shane is <laughs> is a dog on a leash at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Like he is just, yeah. Um, I don't know if you if you saw the in the recap like what Shane sort of becomes, but uh, or like what he did in the past, like how he shot Otis. 
I think it mentioned it something like briefly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't um, remember precisely. But yeah, so I I thought that was just interesting and. Well, and also, what's the point of saving humanity if there's no humanity left to save? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, <laughs> Might and, as well just be zombies. And also, like with Andrea, bless her heart, her trying to help, but then her becoming an hi- a hindrance mm-hmm. is like is a huge thing because she thought Daryl was a walker. And so she, yes. like, in her head, she was like, I'm just going to shoot the walker, whatever. Yeah. But she didn't know it was Daryl, and Daryl's injured and walking like a walker. Yeah. I legitimately thought that she killed him. I was like, oh my gosh, you just yeah. shot him. What I thought was really interesting, too, um, that that brings up, is when we are in this survival mode, and we have that sort of mentality of, if people are dragging us down, then we got to let them go. There's mm-hmm. this sort of need to prove ourselves. And I feel like we mm-hmm. have that in our society now, yeah. but it gets worse when you're in a survival moment where it's literally life and death. Cause now mm-hmm. it's like, if you're not, you know, helpful or you're not serving or whatever, then, you know, I'm not going to hang out with you or something. Yeah. But in a survival m- area, it's like, well, you're going to lose resources and you're probably going to die. And I yeah. thought that was so interesting that you had already people going to go deal with the Walker there were people who were going to handle the problem, and yet she's like, no, mm-hmm. I want to prove myself. No, I am I should be up here. No, I'm going to do it. Well, people are constant. You know? People were constantly, like, telling Andrea, like, you can't you can't use a gun, you can't carry a gun. But she, like, wants to learn. Yeah. And, and she's, like, constantly trying to prove herself. But in trying to prove herself, she, like, messes up again. Yeah. And so it's like, if people are trying to be helpful, but they're not helpful, like, is that worth keeping them around in a survival situation? Mm-hmm. Should you, like, let them go, or should you keep them even though like she might shoot someone else in the head you know accidentally and the fact that she also wasn't entirely sure what she was looking at when she's looking through the scope and there's like bright light she can't even see what she's looking at Mm -hmm. and and you're in a survival circumstance and people are going to get hurt and the fact that she just sort of like jumped to that conclusion without being able to see clearly in this attempt to prove herself i was Mm -hmm. like girl you gotta like take a step back if she could see clearly and she knew that it was a walker then i'd be like yeah totally take yeah. a shot prove them all wrong but uh-huh. you know and i think that i think in these situations it's so easy to get like into you either are in or out and i think in that situation you would have to establish very firm like boundaries of yeah. this is what the expectation is if you want to learn we can teach you but it has to be in this sort of setting otherwise we can't let you do that you know yeah. i think that there there needs to be very very um, clear rules to follow, mm-hmm. and if you break those rules, yeah, you're not allowed to be there because you have to keep people safe. Yeah, and I think it's a matter of what you know you're good at and what you know you can help with. Because mm-hmm. Andrea, Andrea isn't trained with a gun. Yeah, and and that shouldn't stop her from learning. Yeah. Um. But maybe not in this but situation. Like, but you shouldn't you shouldn't be a sniper if you're not like trained as a as a sniper. Yeah. If you're not trained with weaponry, like I, like I would trust Rick and 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 Shane mm-hmm. to snipe people, but I would yeah. I wouldn't trust Andrea because she doesn't have the experience, she doesn't have the knowledge, even though even though she wants it and she can definitely learn. Yeah. But it's not it it's not it's not safe and it's not helpful yeah. when people try to do things that they're not like that they don't have knowledge in. Yeah, because she could very easily have hit any of the other like guys who were going. Yeah, to that's go probably take care of more more of a possibility that she could have hit. Yeah. Any one of them. Because it's not, I mean, as a person who has shot guns before, it's not a, just as simple as, like, looking down the site and, like, you know, you have to take into consideration, like, wind conditions. You have to take into consideration angle. and Height. like Exactly. Yeah. And so you might think that you're sighting down, mm-hmm. you know, your target and you're going to hit, like, 20 feet over. And so, again, it's, like, it's not a matter of, of 
you can't do this because, you know, you're not, mm-hmm. like, that you're not allowed to. It's, you don't know how to do it, and putting a weapon that can kill people in the hands of someone who doesn't know how to use it is just it's, a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. And it, it's like, I, I know nothing, like, I know very little about cars. Mm, and if too. I if I was in a situation like that and I wanted to be helpful mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, yeah, I can help fix the car. But then I mess up the car. Like, it, that's yeah. not helpful at that point. And like, no. um, like you need to be self-aware enough to know what you're good at at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you can eventually learn things that you want to be good at. Yeah. Like, I, like, I feel like in survival situations, I would be good at um, navigating. I would be good at first aid because I'm trained in first aid. Mm-hmm. I would be good at a myriad of different things, but yeah. cars, um, isn't, isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably doing surgery isn't one of them. Yeah. Like I, I could be good at immediate first aid, but not like, yeah. not like Herschel digging in. Like yeah. what, what if Shane was like, I'll help with the surgery, <laughs> you know, it, that's not helpful that's at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. so it, it's just, it, I think it's just being self-aware. Um, okay, I want to talk about Daryl, because Daryl, like, in this episode, I just, my heart, Daryl is the one that, do you, do you know who Daryl is? Oh, no, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he's... I've come so prepared today. No, no, you're good. He's the, he's the guy with the crossbow. Well. He's the guy that fell off oh, the yeah, horse yeah. and, oh, and got gosh. stabbed with the arrow. Daryl has been, like, ride or die for Sophia this entire time, mm-hmm. and he's been, he's been going out and searching for her at night, basically 24-7, just, like, trying to find this little girl. Yeah. And, um, and I love how Carol said, uh, like, you've done more for this little girl than her daddy ever did in mm. his entire life. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was incredible because you see, you like, he hallucinates his brother, mm-hmm. um, talking down on him and, and he, and he hallucinates his brother basically bullying him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then his brother says something really interesting, like, your blood, they're not your family, they don't care about you. I'm your family, I care about you. Yeah. And, um, but then he, Sophia's not his blood, but he is sacrificing his well-being to try to find this girl. Yeah. And, um, I just thought, I just thought, like, that, that is a characteristic of, like, a true, like, good person. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone is Christ-like in that show, it's freaking Daryl. <laughs> it's freaking Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the country hick that that swears and then <laughs> yeah. calls people punks. like, yeah. like yeah. that's Daryl, you know. Well, and I think that that uh, to kind of go into the psychology of Daryl, I think that honestly, all of that is because of how he was raised. Yeah, you know, I think that he's a he's a good person despite of despite what he's been through and mm-hmm. despite the relationships he's had. He's had because as I was like as I was listening to what his hallucinated brother is saying to him, I was like, this is an asshole. Like yeah. he's a terrible person to say mm-hmm. all these things. And I like, but he was saying it to himself. Yeah. And which and, is also interesting. And he was bullying himself yeah. so that he could survive yeah, and help other people. Like he was literally like sacrificing his physical and mental well being mm-hmm. to help people. And to get himself angry too. Cause he, I think he knew that if he got himself angry that he could like power through cause anger yeah. is such a powerful emotion. If you can get yourself angry and, and that helps focus you like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then you just sort of get into one track mind. And that's what he really needed at that point. Yeah. Cause he couldn't sit down and like deal with the pain and you know, everything. Yeah. And I think, I think he helps people so much because he never had anyone help him yeah. in his life. And so instead of, instead of being in the mindset, like, like Merle, his brother 
where Merle's like, I help myself, no one ever helped me, yeah. I'm not going to help anyone. But instead, Daryl's like, no one ever helped me, so I'm going to try to help people. And he survived longer, too, yep. I think. Which yeah. is, which is yeah. a good example of why you should help people. Well, if you help people, yeah. like, people are going to tend to want to help you back. Yeah, you get, and you can um, watch each other's backs. You can't do part. everything yourself. Yeah. Another thing I thought before we move on um, is sort of how that scene is an embodiment of how our inner voice is influenced by the people that we know and grew up with. Mm-hmm. That his his inner monologue um, is his brother and all the nasty things that he's saying about him, that he's mm-hmm. probably said about him for years and years and years, is someone else. And I think that, mm-hmm. just as a sort of side note, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of the things, the negative things that we say about ourselves are things that we've heard elsewhere that we've sort of internalized. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's sort of a side note, but I thought that was kind of cool too. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's it's just really fascinating and and like he ate a squirrel he just ate the squirrel's guts. I was like that's like, so unsanitary. Get, to like get energy to climb that hill. Yeah. And like, uh, he he just sacrifices so much for other people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's was there really another cool. way out? Because I thought that there was like a way on the other side that wasn't a steep. I, I thought it was like a like a valley. Okay. That it, cool. it, there might have been. So I was just I was just looking to at, tell like, the story. They were probably like, like let's have, have him do the hardest part of this. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that um, logical? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about like independence mm-hmm. and um, like what we sacrifice for independence, and then like what we sacrifice to be dependent on other people. Because mm-hmm. um, you see it a lot where Herschel tells Rick, "You control your people, and I'll control my people." That's such a fascinating word, control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not lead or take care of. Because I understand, mm-hmm. like, you take care of your people and I'll take care of my people. But mm-hmm. it's it's control. I thought that was such an interesting word to use in that situation. Yeah. Well, like, people are taking, like, Daryl took uh, Herschel's horse. Like, people are taking Herschel's resources. Uh, I thought that they asked one of the members of the family. and one of the Yeah, well, they asked okay. to make dinner. But they didn't ask, like, Herschel. Okay. And that that's, like, what got Herschel mad is that, like, he... Like, this is his property, and yeah. so um, why are these people, like, mooching off of me? Yeah. Um, but it, it's sort of it's sort of interesting, like, how people, people are, like, taking his resources, and they have the independence and the free will to do so, yeah. but that comes at a cost of the person being hospitable to you, yeah. wanting to kick you out and wanting yeah. to control you, essentially, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, and then even Maggie, he says not to, he says not to like go with go go get attached with glenn yeah and maggie's like i'm i can't remember how old she is i think did she say she was 26 i thought it was 22 22 she's like i'm 22 i can do what i want yeah um and like same thing with glenn like dale was like what are you what are you doing sleeping with her uh how do you think herschel feels about that and he's like i i can do what i want because it's my last day so it's Mm -hmm. sort of like i because i i don't i I never know when I'm going to, like, have sex again. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like this thing of how much independence do we sacrifice to stay alive? Well, and I think it's interesting to look at the dynamics (coughs) of the groups as well. And that there's, like, a clear leader who's in charge and is telling everyone else what to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially with Herschel, I feel like. And his family is like, he's like, you can't do this, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and the kid, the kid that he's responsible for wanted to go help the other group, Mm -hmm. but Herschel didn't want him to do that. Yeah. And so, but they didn't know, like, Rick assumed that he was independent yeah. of Herschel. Yeah. Uh, or, or that he got permission from Herschel, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, he, he didn't. And yeah. that's what Herschel got upset with. So I think, 
And it's like when you're living with your parents, like you, you have to like, even when you're an adult, like your parents have this like, uh, thing in their mind that you have to do what they say because you're in their house. Yeah. Um, which I had a lot of fights with my mom about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, be when, when I was an adult, because I was like, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to follow curfew because like I'm an adult, Yeah. you know? So I think in that case, it's, it's important to, again, have those really clear expectations. Mm -hmm. Cause I think your conflict, especially when people are on edge with these life and death things, you really have to make clear yeah. what your expectations are because it's so easy to for people to just go off, mm -hmm. you know? And I think where the conflict came from was it was the two leaders having meetings instead of having a meeting for everyone. Yeah, and including you know, everyone. And inclu like, including everyone in the conversation where Herschel could say, like, Herschel's just telling Rick what's going on, mm -hmm. but and then Rick can tell them if he tells them. Yeah. You know, I, I never saw Rick tell people mm -hmm. to, to, to res well, except for the guns before in a previous episode, mm -hmm. Rick mentioned like respecting not carrying guns on the property. But like, other than that, I never saw Rick tell his group the rules and there were no like specified rules either. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. In any situation, mm -hmm. if people don't know what the rules are, they're going to break them. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, if we don't, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, you're, you're going to do something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think also the fact that they're, the two leaders are having meetings with everyone else is actually also a huge mistake mm -hmm. because you're missing out on so many people's opinions and ideas and thoughts that mm -hmm. could potentially like, you don't know, they could save you all. Mm -hmm. But if you're only valuing a couple people's voices, you're you're robbing yourself of resources that are invaluable it's people's mm -hmm. minds and ideas yeah mm -hmm. yeah um and like with his with herschel's like hospitality mm -hmm. it, i i understand why he's wary of this group yeah um because their moral their moral systems are different and you find out more about that later on because <laughs> uh, they believe that walkers are still people they're just sick Mm -hmm. uh, his family, but then Rick's group is like, no, they're no, dead. They're dead. <laughs> they're, they're dead and <laughs> they're gone. It's a, we can't it's help a virus them. that is moving, yeah. uh, an inanimated body. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's no spirit, there's no soul in them anymore. Yeah. There's nothing worth saving. Yeah. And it's, and so it's like this difference of philosophy that sort of divides them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, Herschel, if Herschel sacrifices hospitality, then would the blood of the group be on his hands if he just kicked them out? Or would it be on their hands? Like, what, like if their he has the opportunity, were... if well, for whatever choices they made after, mm. you know, but, like, he has the opportunity to help them, and mm. if he kicks them out, like, is, is that his fault if they get hurt or die? That's a, another very good question. You pose very good questions. <laughs> he seems, and he seems to care about the walkers more than he does about the group that is actually living. Yeah. Because he has the walkers in the barn mm -hmm. and he's, he's sacrificing these people's safety and his own and his family's safety mm -hmm. for his morals. Yeah. Of what he believes is right. Yeah. Well, I can see where he's coming from in, if he can find a cure, then mm -hmm. every person in that barn is just as valuable and important as every person in that group. Mm -hmm. But I can also see where they're coming from, where if, if they're all dead and they're risking all their lives, you know, for, for nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really hard because you have this, again, that conflict of beliefs where you don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know either way. Yeah. And it's like, it's like religion. Like you don't, yeah. like people, 
I, I don't, I don't think that we should make legislation based on no, religious no. beliefs. No, not at all. And, and that's where it gets like messy is like, people are like, I believe this is true. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you believe it's true. You can't true. force other like, people you can't, to believe that yeah, you, you can't, know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like what you believe, you can believe it, but what you believe should not dictate laws and rules and regulations. And what other people choose to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than, you know, murder, murders probably should be illegal. Well, like, uh, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you believe, if you believe that people should be harmed because of who they are, then that's not, no. a, that's not a good belief to yeah, have. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, if, if, but if your belief is like, in God and, and like, let's say if you're like a Christian or a Muslim Mm -hmm. and that doesn't affect other people's livelihoods, then yeah, you have every right to believe it. But it's, it's when it gets to other people's livelihoods where it's like, you, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's not right. And, and I don't think Herschel is in the right to one, keep the walkers a secret. If he Mm, didn't keep it a secret and he was like, Hey, and if he was upfront about it and like, Hey, this is my belief. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay here, um, you have to, you have to accept it. Yeah. And I can understand his worry of like, why, um, why he wouldn't want to tell them. Yeah. But he's sacrificing their safety. Cause no matter what you believe, you know, if those walkers get out, they will end up hurting mm-hmm. the people in the camp. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, even if it's possible to cure them, if you don't have a cure or if you don't have the resources to make a cure, it doesn't matter if that is true mm-hmm. because all these people, it's not going to help them. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I agree with you. I think that if he had been out front and said, this is what I believe, yeah. and, you know, if you want to stay here knowing that, then that's fine. And if not, you need to go. Mm-hmm. I think that would, would be fine. But because he's keeping it a secret, I think that that's, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he, I think he's sacrificing the wrong things mm-hmm. for the wrong things. Yeah. Um, like he's sacrificing his beliefs for the safety of other people as well mm-hmm. his he's sacrificing like um them not knowing for the chance that they like wouldn't go in and just kill them yeah because i i don't think that that group would have just gone in and killed the walkers mm. i i think that they probably would have had guards yeah. you know just in case but there like, might have been like one or two that would have wanted but then the issue with the guns comes again because guns aren't allowed on the property mm-hmm. so he has walkers on the farm and then he takes away their guns <laughs> He's really he, setting them up, he's them up like, for failure at this and point. Then, and they're not in the house. They are outside near the barn. Yeah. Like, no I would be pissed too. Yeah, I would be yeah. very pissed. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think, again, it's, it's, he's sort of playing God at this point. Mm-hmm. He's deciding whose lives are worth risking and whose lives are worth saving. And that's not his right to do. Even mm-hmm. within his own household of, like, who's allowed to do what. Like, you you can't you can't tell people what they can and can't do. Mm. You can tell them these are my rules. This is what I'm expecting. And if you break those rules, then there's consequences. But like mm. you can't just go out and be like you can't do this. And you, you know like yeah, yeah. And there needs to be a discussion as well because mm-hmm. it's not just his life and it's not mm-hmm. just his beliefs. There's there's a lot of people involved here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't like Herschel very much. Yeah. He he gets he gets he gets better. That's good. Um, he, I think he's a very complicated person. Yeah. Um, like everyone is in the show. But... And he is. He is letting people stay on his property. Yeah, and that's the... the thing. It's like, it, is does property matter anymore? That's a good point. It's you not know? like any police officers are going to come and be like, hey. Rick is a police. Rick and Shane are <laughs> well, police but like, officers. But not like, you know, they're not you know connected to the government yeah. anymore. It's not yeah. like they have any actual authority at this point. Yeah. You know, so... they can say I'm a police officer, but no one's coming to back him up. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just thought all that was interesting. All right, well, we will be back after a short musical interlude with a moral dilemma.
we are back. So, Michelle, here's your moral dilemma. Okay. So, um, an apocalyptic situation is happening mm -hmm. at the moment, and you are driving with a few members of your family mm -hmm. down a road, and you're trying to you're trying to find like a safe house, a safe place to to go to during this time. Is this a zombie apocalypse? It, it, it or just any apocalypse? It, it could be any okay, any cool. like cataclysmic event. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then there's a family on the side of the road wanting to hitchhike. You don't really have resources to help them. You don't really have room for them. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Well, I think it would depend on who in my family is in the car because my mom is actually really knowledgeable about plants. Mm. So if my mom was in the car, I'd be like, yeah, come on in. We will probably not die. Smoke some weed. <laughs> no, not those kinds of plants. <laughs> my mother would be so embarrassed if she ever heard that. <laughs> no, like, because, I mean, she knows a lot of, she, well, we would go on hikes and she would um, point out plants you could eat. But um, if my mom wasn't in the car, I don't know. I feel like I would take them with me and let them know I can't help you. But maybe we can find a place that can. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, strength and numbers, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think that I would probably try and give them as much as I can without sacrificing, like, without actually, you know, killing myself or my family. But, yeah, I think I would be like, yeah, come with us and, you know, we'll, we'll, try, and, we'll try and find some place that we can all work together. But I can't yeah. guarantee we're going to survive. Because yeah. at, at some point, all of your resources are going to run out anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. I might die faster, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. Cool. Yeah, probably yeah. do the same thing. Nice. Um, I mean, you'd look like kind of an asshole if you said, no, I'd leave him behind after, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I have looked like an asshole on this podcast, just a little bit. <laughs> I have opinions on some things, but... Um, same. Uh, yeah, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, go ahead and follow on all the things. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, TikTok. Uh, also, like, subscribe, share this episode, share the podcast, um, as well as... Yeah, just keep listening, or, or if you don't like this podcast, uh, why are you so many episodes in? Uh, if you don't like it, then stop listening, but <laughs> but keep listening. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I uh, appreciate you guys. Have a happy holidays. Bye-bye.